What's going on, beautiful people? This is Mr. No Excuses and my man, Jamie. What's going on? What's going on? With another episode of the Hidden Truths Podcast, where we provide therapy through conversation, rebuilding our communities one conversation at a time. We got a guest with us today, uh, my financial advisor and good partner of mine, Mr. Terry Scipio. Go ahead and introduce yourself, brother. Ernest, uh, Jamie, great. I appreciate you guys having me on the show. Looking forward to the content for this evening. And uh, hello to all the family out there uh, on the Hidden Truths podcast. No doubt. Appreciate you joining us. And uh, always enjoy and love and appreciate when we have guests on because you know, y'all are taking time out of your day to you know, come spit some knowledge to, to the podcast and those who are listening. Uh, Terry, why don't you give us a, a little bit of your background? Well, before we do that, before we do that, do we have any black shout outs today by chance for black business? Yes, we do. Um, I'm going to shout out my niece, Kiara, Mrs. Wait, Let Key Explain. Uh, she has her own blog, which is very dope material that she puts out. Uh, I think either bi-weekly or on some consistent basis, but it's a motivational blog, words of encouragement, uh, sharing things that she's been through, uh, things that can help uh, keep others motivated and, uh, you know, kind of keep your head up as we marching through this day-to-day grind. So that's wait, let key explain. The letter W, the number eight, let key, K-I, explain, all one word on all social media platforms so be sure to subscribe like and catch those blogs from week to week to get that motivation y'all appreciate you reminding me of that Jay. no problem can't, can't. that's what i'm here for that's what i'm here for all right hey that's what we got a team that's what yes, we got a team so yeah as i was uh, about to digress before we did our community spotlight um terry go ahead and give us a brief introduction of yourself Uh, Again, uh, Terry Scipio, I am a financial advisor, financial planner, Um, licensed, have my Series 7, Series 6, Series 63, 65, you know, a couple of certifications, have been doing, uh, been in financial services for about 10 years now, since 2008, been doing financial planning for the last five years, growing a practice here in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm originally from Columbia, South Carolina and graduated from the Moore School of Business at the University of South Carolina back in 2005 uh, with a degree in finance, well, double major in finance and real estate, and uh, really passionate about working with our people, working with our community. Uh, I feel that we are underserved, grossly underserved when it comes to financial services industry, and uh, that's, that's that just gives me the motivation to do what I do for my clients. Now, now, Terry, this is Jamie. Can I next time I go for a job interview? Can I use your resume? Cause that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna do some copy and pasting. Yeah, just put my name on there. That sounded great. Yeah, Jamie, I appreciate that, brother. But feel free to use whatever content you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know, I've been rocking with Terry as my financial advisor since, whew, since like what? 2014. 14. 14. Oh, that's almost five years. It's great because time has flown by. Yeah, man. Oh, every time I reference a year, it makes me feel how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Terry is uh, full of sound advice, not not just in terms of 
uh, financial planning and wealth building, but also just good sound financial advice and financial literacy, which is, you know, one of the things that we're going to be talking about today with our topic. So I like to call it Black Christmas. Holidays have just passed, but another holiday is coming up. Tax time. Tax time, baby. Tax time, baby. Yeah, you're about to see all the commercials for rims and cars, TVs, and <laughs> buy, buy here, pay here. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Put it on layaway. And matter of fact, I just got a notice from uh, one of my credit card companies saying that, actually, my only credit card company, saying that they increased my credit limit. So they must know tax time is coming up, too, and some people are about to get in debt. So. Yeah. That's what I like to call Black Christmas, the next black holiday. <laughs> I'm surprised they ain't got a Black Friday around tax time. You know, really? that, you that's that. a good point. You have a good point. <laughs> so, yeah, so I wanted to have my man Terry on here so we can, you know, really understand the concept of tax returns, what it means, how do we get a tax return? Why do we do what we do with our tax return? And then what are some of the things that we could do to better utilize that money that we do get? So, Terry, can you give us a base level explanation, understanding of what a tax return is and why do we get a tax return? All right. I definitely will. And uh, before I, I give any specific advice, I just want to say or before I give any specific uh, feedback on the topic here, I want to make a disclaimer that you know, this is not financial advice <clears throat> and I'm definitely not a uh, tax expert or CPA. Uh, this is just my general opinion <clears throat> about the topic that we're discussing today about Black Christmas. Um, <clears throat> so give me the question again, uh, E, please. So a couple questions within one. What is a tax return? Just from a basic premise, because, you know, a lot of people just hear the term tax return and all they know is I file my taxes, I get money back. So, yeah, from a fundamental standpoint, what is a tax return? Why do you get a tax return? You know, what what, what are some of those uh, fundamental aspects that we need to understand? Here? All right. Great question. And uh, I'm going to try and keep this uh, as, as simple as possible. But when we all started our first job, we all filled out a W-9 form, which on that form, it uh, asked us how many exemptions do we want to claim on our paychecks for. And in essence, those exemptions dictate how much taxes are taken out of each one of our paychecks, therefore to help either mitigate us from having a tax liability at the end of the year, whether it be federal or state tax liability. And what I mean liability is having to pay taxes because all of us fear having to pay taxes at the end of the year. And in large part, with those exemptions, you can choose from anywhere from zero all the way up to nine exemptions. And the lower the exemption amount, so if you choose zero, the more taxes will be, more taxes will be taken out of your paycheck. And if you, as you increase those exemptions all the way up to the max, which is nine exemptions that you can carry, the less taxes will, lesser taxes will be taken out of your paycheck. And so, <clears throat> general financial 
financial guidance says, you know, claim the number of exemptions that, you know, normally make up your household. So if you're a single person, you should claim at least one exemption. That way you don't have to, you'll have more taxes taken out of your paycheck, which would result or should result in you having little to no tax liability to pay at the end of the year when you go file your taxes. But contrary to that advice, um, a lot of people, a lot of forums, a lot of uh, platforms out here are encouraging people now to not give the government essentially an interest-free loan throughout the year. So a lot of platforms are now encouraging people to claim more exemptions and utilize those funds throughout the year rather than having the government basically have that loan have that money on loan to them interest-free throughout the year. And in other words, you could utilize that money and invest it or buy some appreciating asset other than the rims that we just talked about. <laughs> hey, it's funny that you mentioned that because black folk been claiming more exemptions than anything for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> claiming other people, kids, and this, that, and the third. And obviously, I ain't calling no specific names. I'm just talking about things I heard. Right. So, exactly. <laughs> so, how do you claim somebody who's not in your household? Um, first of all, that is not legal. Let me say that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but you know. But how can you claim more exemptions than what you're eligible for? So, so exemptions uh, on what you claim on your paycheck is very different from what you could claim on your taxes to claim an exemption on your taxes you need that person's social security number whether it be a brother or a grandparent or an uncle or another sibling somebody that's probably in your immediate family that would ordinarily make sense you know if they're living in your household to some degree you can try and claim that person on your taxes to get a credit um you know for basically providing food shelter and some level of um um, liability or yeah accounting accounting for that person that individual living in your household however on a tax return if you are if you're just filling out your w-9 for your job it asks you you know how many exemptions you want to claim and typically when people are receiving uh bonuses and bonuses are typically paid within the first quarter of the year so that you know when these corporations go to file their taxes they get that exemption on their returns as well but when people have a large bonus coming through they'll typically up their exemptions all the way to maybe to possibly nine so there's no there's no language that says you can or cannot uh increase or decrease your exemptions throughout the year but a lot of people utilize those increase their exemptions around bonus time so that they can have realize more of that in terms of the bonus um in terms of that paycheck that's that's going to be paid when the bonus is going to be paid and it's funny you mentioned that because my company they actually send out an email reminder if people want to change their exemptions during bonus time Mm -hmm. so but the downside of that is well, could the possible downside be that you owe more at the end of the year from carrying too many exemptions? 
Yeah, that is a potential downside. But in, in large part, if you're not making above six figures, uh, and this will apply especially for this year with the new tax law changes, um, they have increased the uh, the standard deduction. So if you're a single individual and you are itemizing your deductions, typically your your largest expense or your li- largest itemized deduction or write-off will be your mortgage interest if you ha- if you own a home. And when I say deduction, what I mean is you know the number. Let's just say you had a five thousand dollar mortgage interest is what you paid on your mortgage interest throughout the year. That will qualify as a deduction, and that would be an itemized deduction on your taxes, which would now reduce your uh, adjusted gross income or your gross income by five thousand dollars. Which, in return, if you look at like I believe it's not line thirty-seven on your taxes, it'll say modified adjusted gross income or AGI adjusted gross income. That number dictates how much you have to pay in taxes. <clears throat> Uh, back to the federal government in particular. And so the lower you can get that number, the better off you're going to be in terms of, you know, having to pay or not pay taxes back to the government. So if I guess what I'm trying to say is if you're going to take a deduction based on the standard deduction this year, the new tax law says if you're single, you get a $12,000 deduction. Most people don't have $12,000 worth of itemized deduction deductions, particularly single folks. And if you are married filing jointly, your <clears throat> your uh, standard deduction will be $24,000. So it's double the single uh, individual's uh, standard deduction. So effectively, a lot of people will realize a lower a lower um you know, a lower tax liability or possibly not have to pay at all. So if you're making less than six figures, the chances that you will have to pay taxes should be slim, even if you are claiming more than the standard amount of exemptions that's allowable to you, if that makes sense. So just to make sure I'm clear, as far as the exemptions that you put on your W-9, those can be changed at any time throughout the year. There's right. nothing that says that you can't do that. And the reason people do that is to decrease the amount of taxes that they owe. Or potentially will. Right, right, right. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so that but you know, for those who didn't understand, you know, taxes, you know, because a lot of people, like I said, don't fully know what it means with taxes. You know, they know they may know how to work the system, but not necessarily not necessarily understand what all that means. Mm-hmm. Um so, so that gives us an understanding of what that is. So, are from y'all, and this is kind of an open question. You know, do y'all think it's really all that cracked up to be as far as tax returns? Because people get so excited when tax season rolls around. Like I said, that's why we call it Black Christmas because people get just like, you know, it is Black Christmas all over. Again. People get so excited at talk, talking about what they're gonna do, what they're gonna spend the money on. So, is it really all this cracked up to be? All right, Jamie, I'll let you take it, you know, and just let you provide some perspective. Well, well from, what, from what I see, um, I guess it can be and it cannot be because any money you get 
is a good and bad thing depending on how you utilize it. Mm-hmm. So with tax returns, if you do, I guess if you do what you need to do to get a tax return, there there are the pros and cons. Like, what are you going to do with that money? So mm-hmm. I know some people I've heard got $8,000, $5,000 back, but the way they spend it, you know, is can be sadly done. Like, I know a lot of people, like we talked before, people, you know, go buy cars or they buy those things that they always wanted. I know, you know, some people, I'm buying this $1,000 Louis bag. Do you really just want to spend that money like that? Now, you know, it's just because it's here today, gone tomorrow, you know, what could you have used it for that could have better your predicament or your situation to make you better in the long run? So I think it, just, it depends on when, you know, what you use it for. Like, me, I like to save mine. I'm, I like to see it next year. So right. if, I, if I get some money, I'm like, let me see if I can see this next year in that account. You know, yeah. so, um, you know, I, I don't know if a lot of people actually put it in their bank. It might go to their bank account from the government, but how long does it stay in there? And a lot of people are going to be using it to pay off what they done spent on Christmas. That's true. Right. <laughs> That's true. So, you know, I, I don't like to spend prematurely. You know, I don't right. like to spend money I don't have. That's the, that's the biggest thing I think a lot of people do, you know. That goes back to why, you know, people have, uh, you know, credit cards and layaways, you know, hurt us more than we think because people like to spend that money thinking, oh, I'm going to get this back, or I'm going to get that back. But they don't know the regulation that might have went in place that year that says, oh, you might have got 6000 back last year. We put this in place to where we changed something that now you're only going to get 4000 back. But because you're used to that number, you're automatically thinking in your head because you're uneducated about it that, hey, I'm going to get back more. Well, I'm going to get back to 6000 Nah, buddy, you got back four this year. Nothing mm-hmm. we can do. You got no write-offs. You're single. Um, you only get this because you got this many kids. Now what you going to do? So the more uneducated we are about this money, the worse our situation is going to be. And that's not for everybody. I'm just saying, but from what I see, you know, and, the, you know, the tax preparers, you know, you see, I see people spend up to $1,000 to get their taxes done. <laughs> and I'm like, do you even take the time to say, well, maybe it's another way to get my taxes done. There's so many free avenues to get your taxes done. So money makes people spend unwisely. It very, very much so, because a rich fool is still a fool. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> so even though people may have a little bit more money throughout the year from their tax return that only allows them to do the same things that kept them so dependent on the tax return in the first place if i had bad spending habits before my tax return now i have a little a large influx of money that's just going to allow me to keep on doing these bad spending habits and um the way i look at it is this I don't really, I don't get excited about uh, tax return because at the end of the day, all that was my money anyway. It's true. True. And then some. They only, they're taking a good portion of the money that I work for. Let's call it 30%. Taking 30% of my money throughout the year, but then only giving me back 5% of that. So why am I get getting excited? If let, let's let me put it to you like this: If somebody steals a hundred dollars from you this year, and then next year gives you back twenty dollars that you didn't expect, are you gonna be excited about that? Uh, no. <laughs> they only give you twenty percent of the money that they stole from. 
Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing with taxes. So, you know, I, I don't really get excited about it because uh, my mindset is different. I really look at the bigger picture there. But again, everybody doesn't understand finances. Uh, so what are some of... Oh, you about to say something, too? Yeah, yeah, I agree with both uh, both statements that you and Jamie, uh, both of both of the statements that you and Jamie made. And to Jamie's point, <clears throat> um, and to your point, I, I kind of talked to both of them. Like, <clears throat> this is where, to Jamie's point, like the literacy is a huge factor in what people continue to do if they're if they're already making bad decisions and they they lack the literacy uh, to make better decisions then they will continue to do the some of the things that they've previously done but i think people have to also take it upon themselves to get the information educate yourselves there's absolutely no excuse in my opinion for people to be financially illiterate these days when you have basically a supercomputer in your pocket 24 7 seven days a week with information at your fingertips i mean there's great content out here on youtube on google and several other different media platforms that or podcasts such as this that you can go out and educate yourself just to even just think of if somebody increased their financial literacy by say 10 10 percent right <clears throat> which isn't leave which isn't moving the needle very much however if i was somebody that was you know accustomed to just leaving my money sitting at the bank you know, and, and say I had five, ten thousand dollars just sitting at the bank earning a quarter of a percent. And I read something that said, hey, I can put my money in this money market account where it's totally accessible. It's not tied up in a CD and I can earn, say, one point three percent on my money. I think that I, I think anybody with a with half a brain would say, OK, that makes better sense than leaving my money sitting at the bank. Uh, so. It's the decisions that we and, and how we go about uh, executing on on improving ourselves and, and our financial literacy that will ultimately yield, you know, positive or negative results. However, you perceive, you know, the tax your tax return, <clears throat> and and much like Jamie, I believe any money in hand is good so long as you're utilizing it for the right reasons. Um, case in point, like my wife and I, we were driving around here and. Uh, in Somerville, North Charleston area, which is where we live here in South Carolina. And she was looking around and she was like, man, she was like, Sip, some, just think about it. Somebody owns all of these businesses and all these commercial buildings that's around here. I was like, yeah, baby. I was like, you know, it's it all boils down to your priorities. What do you value? Do you value having that thousand dollar Louis bag or do you value owning a building or some commercial real estate that you can one day pass on to your heirs, which is obviously going to, you know, amount to way more uh, wealth building opportunities than having this Louis bag sitting in your in the back of your closet collecting dust. <clears throat> so so it, it's funny because you said earlier, you know, we have we have so much at our fingertips. But how can I look on Google if I'm looking on Amazon trying to buy the hottest <laughs> thing with my tax return? Right. <laughs> As soon as um, and, and, and it's no excuse, but uh, the technology gods that be, uh, Big Brother is smart about their marketing tactics. Yeah. You can't even you can't go anywhere. You can't even look on your phone without seeing some sort of advertisement for something to buy. There's so many ways 
to get in your head to get you to spend money i mean as soon as i can just pull up my phone and go to the search window on google and automatically i see everything that's trending mm-hmm. same thing with social media you know if i look on amazon to buy something that i need i got a million other advertisements popping up well maybe you want uh these shoes too well i see you looking at hats well, maybe you want a sweater to go with that exactly yeah and amazon what people don't realize is uh platforms like amazon and, and even google uh, if, if you search anything on google um like you said they that that auto suggestion mm-hmm. you, you start seeing ads pop up whether it be on facebook or amazon or whatever you start seeing ads for the things that you've searched for which <clears throat> you know i believe is kind of like you know get outside you know you invade my privacy to a certain degree i can't even search for that without you now suggesting something to me no 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 terry we want to make it convenient for you right, exactly. <laughs> we That's want to make it convenient is. for you my brother <laughs> but i think that would be a good topic for another day yeah um, definitely, definitely i have strong opinions about amazon and my wife utilizes it like none other and like most people do. But mm-hmm. I, I think that'll be a great podcast to have and talk about some of the um, challenges that Amazon brings to, you know, local businesses, you know. Yeah, we definitely would chop it up on that one. Um, but yeah, you, you're exactly right. You know, going back to what we talked about in terms of financial literacy and having everything at our fingertips, it really comes down to discipline. Right. Am I going to utilize my time to enhance my knowledge and education or am I going to utilize my time mindlessly scrolling through social media feeds and the latest celebrity gossip? There's no excuse for anyone to be illiterate in any form of formal fashion. Um, yeah. When I started, um, when I first started working, I didn't know how to do a tax return. You know, I had my, my older brother uh, helped me understand how to do a tax return. When I started the business, I didn't know how to set up a, uh, a 1099 for that uh, business. I had someone, a professional tax advisor, set up the form for me mm-hmm. so that then I could take that over the next few years and just modify it and learn how I need to. So there's resources out here to learn everything that you need to know in terms of financial literacy. So, so let me ask y'all this. We, we hit on it a little bit earlier. What's some of the main things y'all see people spend their money on during tax? Cars. Rims. Big screen TVs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in my opinion, a bunch of... Uh, and let me not say that, but, you know, I just think it's a bunch of material stuff that you know, really has no value and not going to bring you any value whatsoever. You know, so I, I mean, to me, it's just a lot of pointless stuff. I come from a really black family, and one of the biggest things I used to hear all the time was the parents would say, Christmas is for the kids and tax time is for the parents. <laughs> 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 and that's exactly how it worked. They would buy us all our stuff for Christmas, and, and when tax time came around, oh, this is this is daddy and mommy time, and that's when you buy the handbags and the cars and just whatever they wanted. And it's interesting how you know they would spend this money. Like you know, um, one time I know I was, I know tax. It's funny. Cause I have a friend. It's crazy story. I have a friend that um, 
he owns his own shoe business and he was he owns his own shoe boutique and um he was telling me one time he like you'd be surprised how many people come during tax time it's probably one of my biggest times of the year mm-hmm. to buy clothes and shoes and i was like you see he's like no you don't understand how big this really is because people don't understand that as uh, as black people we're the biggest spenders out here and so we're gonna come spend on you know frivolous stuff and just be like hey let me go get these new J's $200 let me get these new uh, new jeans I like it's $200 and in no time they done spent their whole refund check but don't really have nothing but receipts to show for it stuff they gonna wear so it's interesting and then you know three months later in terms of clothes you know three four months later rent doing they ain't got no money yeah no money you broke again you're not even the the new shoe smell and the new shoe fit has worn off yes and you're back to square one so it goes back even with tax return or any influx of money that a lot of people seem to get it's still the mindset of living paycheck to paycheck so why do we spend why do a lot of us spend because this isn't even necessary i know i call it black christmas but it's not even specific to black people i just call it black christmas because that's what i typically see because i'm raised as a black male but why do we spend before we get it because we never had it Yeah, and that's that's something to be noted yeah. also. E. Uh, one guy, <clears throat> a business owner once told me that, you know, the working man keeps the economy going. And that's so true because like to Jamie's point, you know, if I grew up, I, I'm the third of 10 kids. We never had anything, you know, but my mom always found a way, whether it, whether it was through, you know, the angel tree or something like that. We always had a decent Christmas. Um, however, though, you know, I had to work my tail off to get anything else outside of that just because there wasn't any other funds to go around. But it's so true. The working man keeps the economy stimulated because the working man wants everything that they've never had or that their children, you know, never had. So they want to be able to give that to them. And any parent, you know, I have four children myself. While I want my kids to, you know, have, you know, a what I would say, I don't want to say a better childhood because I wouldn't trade my childhood for anything, but um, I want my kids to have access to certain things. And so, but I think any parent will go to links upon links to make sure that their children doesn't have to experience maybe some of the poverty that they've experienced or, you know, maybe they got laughed at because they had on some Jeepers or something like that when it comes to, you know, shoes or whatever. And every, every parent wants the best for their children, so they're willing to, you know, go spend an arm and a leg, you know, on some new Jordans or something. Not saying that it's right, but sometimes that's people's logic when it comes when it comes to spending, you know, ridiculous amounts of money on these material things. But that's for the kids, though. They, a lot of people are spending, absorbing the amount of money on themselves. Yeah, and I would say the same yeah. for... I would say the same for themselves as well. Right, because, uh, you know, going back to your point, Jay, um, and same thing you were saying, saying, Terry, if I never had it, then I want to experience it all the right. time when I get a chance to get it. And not only do I want to have it, I want to have it times three, times five. Right. I don't, I don't want to get just one car. I want to get two or three cars. Matter of fact, 
I don't want to get just, uh, you know, the, the the old school Honda Accord. I want the latest model. So right. you get into the habit of always essentially living in the past yep. instead of appreciating what you have. Because, you know, it goes back to um, one of the things that me and Jay talked about on the last podcast, never satisfied. When is enough enough? When is, you know, first it was the 40 inch flat screen, then it was the 50 inch, then it was the, the 80 inch, but then it was not the LCD, but now I want the LED TV, but now I want the 4K Ultra HD. Yeah. You know, so it's never enough. So when you get in the habit of constantly consuming, then you're you're always caught in that matrix regardless of whether it's tax time or any other time of how much money you have coming in you're always going to be consuming well that, that goes to my thought theory about how people see their returns is you know most of us do live in the moment mm -hmm. but you know if we live in the moment you know our tax our tax returns in the moment as well so we're spending in the moment that, that moment we get that tax return is the moment we spend it and that moment's gone then Hell, even before we get it even before yeah because we already think a lot of people right after Christmas they start thinking about taxes tax time tax return what am I I can't wait to get my tax return tax return I'm gonna do this I'm gonna buy this I'm gonna go here I'm gonna eat here all that so in your mind you're already spending it and you know the more you think about something the more it's actually going to happen, the more likely right. it is to happen. But you know, you know, I don't know if y'all remember this, but um, and I don't know if it's still done in North Carolina or other states, but tax return places that do taxes also used to offer where you could just you know it, you could bring in like your uh, I guess your W what is it W two your W two your W two to them or just a paycheck stub and get the money before you even oh, send yeah. it off. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. they still do that. It's like a and, they, and they're going to charge your arm and a leg. Like exactly. Yeah, they're going to charge your arm and a leg. People, it's it's so weird to me how people are willing to, you know, pay three hundred dollars of their three thousand dollar tax return just so they can get it immediately. Right. And and that's just a result of this instant, you know, instant, instant you know, gratification. gratification society that we live in. Um, like my wife, she mentioned, she was like, man, she was like Terry. Amazon is so awesome. You know, I ordered something on a Sunday. I think we were doing some Black Friday shopping for some STEM stuff for our kids for Christmas or something. And she was like, man, I ordered this stuff on Friday night or whatever. And, you know, it's here by Sunday. She was like, this is amazing. I didn't even have to leave the house, blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, we just live in a right now society. But I think I think we, we're so far removed from our parents and grandparents uh, in terms of the way that they looked at money and perceived money that I think if you look at it like most of I, I don't know about most people but I'll just say about my grandparents you know my grandmother probably never finished high school um, and my grandfather was had you know was a trade was a tradesman and probably never had any of the sophistic sophisticated education that I have however if you look at our grandparents they had uh, they accumulated a lot more in terms of wealth they were able to buy land in most cases uh, my parent my grandparents uh, 
you know, bought land. My grandfather bought land for all of my aunts and uncles and my dad. And, you know, they had nine children. But, you know, were able to buy significant parcels of land for their children. And you don't see that being done today. And, and that that is not a, a result of sophisticated education. They just value the dollar. And I think we can all take a page from our grandparents in that in that matter that it, it doesn't take some sophisticated education to be able to save money. I always tell my clients, you know, attaining wealth or building a significant nest egg or whatever, it's more about discipline and consistency than it is some magic formula out here or some outrageous returns. You just have to be consistent and disciplined about your money. And if you're not, you know, you're going to end up seeing the large majority of your money get away from you, whether it be your tax return or, you know, your your personal savings for that matter. So I, I think we can all benefit from, you know, just taking the page, kind of like what Jamie mentioned earlier, don't spend what you don't have. <clears throat> and, you know, don't be so eager to get that advance you know, on something that you're, you know, likely going to spend anyway. Learn to save 20, 25 cents of every dollar or 20 cents of every dollar that you earn. And you'll, you'll thank yourself later for it. Because that's the whole tax advance thing. That's really no different than credit. Right. I'm going to get it today and pay it off later, but I'm going to pay more for that money, i.e. interest. And back in the day, you know, parents grandparents they didn't use credit cards right like i said if they didn't have and they paid for most everything in cash too yeah. and when you're paying for things in cash and you actually see that money leave your hand you're a little bit more hesitant to actually spend that money because when you're swiping exactly. it's invisible to you but exactly. when those dollars are leaving your hand you're like um uh, maybe i don't actually need that well, and, and that kind of goes back, and this is probably a conversation for another day, but I'll just mention this. But if you think back to the toys that we played with when, when we had our little, um, uh, what do you call it, the uh, cash registers, you know, to the little cooking or food truck things or whatever that we had as toys growing up, it actually came with paper money and little plastic coins, right? Mm-hmm. You think about toys today. They come with actual debit cards and with the Visa <laughs> logo on it. So, so these companies, do, right? They do a great job of conditioning our children at an early age that it's not about the dollars and cents that matters. It's about the plastic credit card, mm-hmm. you know, that you that you need to have, in in, in so many words, to uh, you know complete your transactions. Whether it, you know whether it be instead of cash, I should say. Because you, when you have the plastic or really not even this one because you don't even need the plastic anymore that's almost become an antiquated technology now with a link to your phone i.e you know your cash app your paypal apple pay yeah samsung pay so it's even more convenient now to just at the click of a button spend it and what that does is it disassociates the wealth and the, the money from the action of buying right so let me ask you this because we we got just a few minutes left and this is more of a round table question here what are some better options for utilizing your 
tax return, Jamie. I know you said you saved yours. Uh-huh. So, Terry, what are some of uh, some some better options for utilizing that tax return when we do get it back? I'll go with a broad statement to start off with, but um, and then I'll kind of expand on some things. Uh, but I would say appreciating assets, you know, from a broader sense, you know, buy some. You know, if you get a large enough return, make a down payment on a, you know, a down payment on some land or, or something like that. Something that's going to better your financial future. Invest. Right. Yeah. In, invest in something. And uh, just on a more literal basis, I say, invest in a Roth IRA. Invest in something that's going to be tax advantaged for you uh, in the long term. And what I mean by tax advantage is, hey, if I put my money in it today. I don't necessarily want to pay taxes on the growth of it and I don't want to yeah I don't want to pay taxes on the on the growth of it matter of fact I don't want to pay any taxes at all whatsoever <clears throat> ever again because I've already been taxed on this money how can I what's a vehicle that I can use in order to you know accomplish that uh, tax you know tax favored type of asset and Roth IRA is a great option as well as some others that exist out there but making sure that you're putting your money to work in a in a asset that's going to produce decent returns and allow you to be able to access the money on a tax-free basis when you take it out uh is i think is very important because i don't think anybody wants to nobody likes paying taxes i don't care who you are uh, nobody likes paying taxes so <clears throat> whenever you can avoid taxes uh, I always think that's a that's a great thing. <clears throat> and uh, I'll add something to that. Well, hold, hold on, yeah, I think I think it's fine. I'm sorry. I had I was chuckling over here and I couldn't keep this to myself. What's up? Everything Terry just said was like on point, right? Yeah. Everything I'm sitting here listening. But do you know the majority of people, or a big number of people, will sit here and be like, "What is he talking about? Why would I do that?" It's like right. we're so uneducated to the fact of what we could do. They're like. I can put my money in something and not do nothing with it, man. Please, you know how, that's how people really think. I, and t- yeah. Terry, as you being a financial planner, you can't say and tell me people have came to you and you be like telling them or educating them, and they're probably looking at you like, "You serious? Really? That's what you want me to do with my money?" Mm-hmm. It's yeah, so boring. I mean, <laughs> exactly. It's nothing sexy about a four hundred one k or a Roth IRA. Ain't nothing sexy and, about being broke either. That's true. <laughs> right. Uh, but you know, to that point though, Jamie, like. I work with a lot of people that earn great incomes and you'd be surprised how many people, you know, really just have no guidance whatsoever when it comes to, you know, the type of assets that exist out here, what they can do, what they can't do. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, it's a huge literacy gap when it comes to um, just finance, personal finance in general. And I'm glad you said that because, you know, a lot of people that might listen to this or just, you know, ever hear this, people think that just because you make a lot of money, you know how to make it. That's just your job giving you a check. That doesn't mean you know how to actually spread your money around to either make money for you or hold on to it. Great earners, great earners, poor savers, and poor accumulators of wealth. Two different things between earning and actually building wealth. Um, and one thing I would one last thing I would say before we get ready and close it out you know if you don't know how to invest 
purchase real estate or whatever the case may be in terms of investment opportunities, research it for one. But if nothing else, if you don't know anything else to do with your tax return, just save it. Just sit right. on it. Because then you know it ain't going to go nowhere. That's right. Sit on that money until you learn what to do with that money. That's called common sense. Yeah, common sense. That's, that's... But common sense ain't common, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> and and E and Jamie, um, one last thing I would say is um, let's try and give you know the listeners out here or the family out here a, a resource that they can go out here and read or something like that that can enrich themselves. And I often recommend this particular book to any of my clients. A lot of people say they want to be millionaires, right? Right. And a lot of people have misconceptions about millionaires. Meaning, and what I mean by that is they think millionaires spend a bunch of money and live lavishly or what have you. But when I was about 23, 22, 23 years old, I read a book that really changed my perspective about everything. I've always been a great saver and always been tight with my dollars. But I think this this book in particular helped me with my millionaire mindset. And the, the name, the title of the book is The Millionaire Next Door. Great I knew book. you was about to say that. Great. And Funny great how all three of us read it. Great I'm telling you, like, <laughs> I mean, it will it will absolutely change your perspective about what you think a millionaire is and the habits of a millionaire when it comes to as it relates to their personal finance and their financial choices that they make. So uh, if you are a reader and, and I'm by no stretch a, a reader or what I consider to be a reader, I'll, but I will read anything that's sports related, anything talking about money, absolutely anything talking about money and uh, anything self that's you know geared towards self-improvement. But I think it, that book will and you could probably pick up that book at the library if people still go to the library these days. Or you could probably find it on Amazon, a used copy for probably five or ten bucks, uh, which would be a good way to utilize uh, some of your tax return money. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Use that Amazon to get delivered today. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take, take six dollars of that couple thousand dollars and uh, get this book. And who's the author of that book, by the way? I, I can't remember. It was written by two PhD, two PhDs, but I'm sure it's still one of the best what? sellers. A quick Google search will pull it up for anybody because yeah. everybody has the phone in the hand all the time anyway. So, the millionaire next door. That's right. All right. So with that, we're gonna get ready and close it out. So Terry, we definitely appreciate you joining us, dropping that knowledge on us for those uh, who needed to hear that. Everybody needed to hear that. Actually, myself included, because you can never hear that good information in terms of financial literacy enough. So as always, this is your man, Mr. No Excuses, my man Jay signing out. As always, kings and queens, stay up, we out.